gave him all our beer. He's loaded. No way. He's supposed to roar. Maybe, maybe I ought to crank his tail, eh? That ain't start him up. Okay, start up. Come on, eh? Welcome to Show Me Your Mic. I'm your host, Chris Enns. This is the podcast where we talk to other podcasters about podcasting. Plenty of peas in this podcast. My guest this episode is Joel Duggan, fellow Canadian, living out of Halifax, Nova Scotia. He's a cartoonist and illustrator. We talk about his podcast that he's involved with, the uh, Citadel Cafe and comics coast to coast, recording his shows, how he does them, interesting ideas about uh, doing an interview with multiple hosts with a guest, and also uh, recording and editing and producing uh, M4A, uh, uh, image-enabled podcasts with artwork and things like that. And of course, Game of Thrones. Why not? Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. So welcome to Show Me Your Mic, Joel. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I... Uh, I, sorry, I didn't preface it. I guess I, I do a pre-recorded or record later uh, an intro, the intro that everybody would have heard already. And because of technical difficulties this morning, I'm a little flustered. So, <laughs> oh, I see. So we're going back in time. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's true to form. That's that's all. It's what podcasting is all about. Yeah. Is is the the illusion <laughs> of everything happening uh, perfectly out the gate. There's actually an I don't know if you ever listened to uh, Jason Snell's podcast over on Five by Five, The Incomparable. He did a podcast where they did it. They were talking about time and travel in in TV shows and movies, just you know, as a theory. And but they actually somehow did a bit of a backwards recording of the episode, just to like you know add a little extra. Anyways, mm. just uh, so it actually has been done in podcasting oh, technically. But interesting, yeah. I'm familiar with the show. I've only listened to one or two episodes, and I don't think that was one of them. Right? Yeah, you'd probably remember that one. Mm. A little awkward. I think I might have listened to the one after because I feel like they were referencing it. Oh yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, yes, so you're you're host of or host and producer of a couple of shows, uh, the Citadel Cafe and Comics Coast to Coast, which we'll get into. You're more importantly, though, I need to just get this out of the way. You're you're a fellow Canadian. True, and fellow Canadians need to stick together. I think is uh, something I'm realizing more and more in, in both the online world, but also especially podcasting. It's just a. It's kind of like when Canadian actors go to Hollywood and they're. They're lost in the yeah yeah they, they get famous before anybody realizes they're from Canada yeah exactly <laughs> and I was so I was listening uh, last night and then this morning to uh, well what was the most recent episode of the Citadel Cafe your podcast on science fiction fantasy TV books comics Game of Thrones and what often happens to me when I'm doing the research for this show is I forget that I'm researching I just sort of sit back or whatever you know washing dishes and I just kind of tune into the show. Right, especially Game of Thrones discussion that you guys were having, which was just I just finished watching the most recent episode, one episode ahead of the show of the podcast. But uh, yeah, it was kind of like because there's stuff you were discussing. There's like um, I forget, oh, recast characters. That's what it was. But right. I hadn't even. I'm one of those people who I watch the show and I kind of like not not to turn this into a Game of Thrones podcast, but the uh, yeah, well, hey, it happens, right? Yeah, and then we'll do a parenting podcast. I don't know. If <laughs> Yeah, I didn't even recognize because I I can't I lose track of people the minor characters and actors and stuff and, and there's so many yeah and that show especially and yeah. and the one person who you'd mentioned then I was looking on like some Wikipedia thing has actually the that actor has been in two or three different roles on the show which I'm sure some of them are minor and you know with a he- helmet and a makeup and whatever and you don't actually realize it's the same person but it's just like. If you're going to have a confusing show to begin with, don't recast actors. <laughs> yeah. So who who was on the show before? The new guy for Dario Naharis or the old actor? Uh, now you're going to put me on the spot. See, this is one of the things I was going to ask you is how are you guys, when I was listening there, you're, um, what did I Google? Recast Game of Thrones actors, I think was a, I found some like recastwikipedia.com or something. Mm, <laughs> Maybe it's so just, the, no, Game of Thrones wiki. Yeah. The only reason we knew he was recast was because, um, all of us, our significant others, when we watched the show the first time around, they thought the original actor for Dario Naharis was smarmy. So, oh. so we remember the complaints. And there's like, wait a minute, this guy's not smarmy. And you're just like, wait, is this even the same guy? And once we realized it was the, the right character, of course, we, you know, we were just like, oh, he's been recast. And it was a quick Google check just to kind of see what was going on. But I didn't read any articles on it. I just kind of 
backed up with a quick, you know, I didn't even go into the links on Google. I just confirmed that, yes, the character had been recast, and that's all I needed to know. Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, the guy who played uh, Gregor Clegane. Okay. The, the middle guy. Because <laughs> he's been played by four or three people. I think. As far, according to this Wikipedia, he was originally oh, wow. played by guest star Conan Stevens. He was replaced by Ian White, who had already appeared in the se- series in other roles and for series two, second season. And then in season four, he'll be portrayed by Hulpford Julius Gordonson. Huh. My apologies. Well, the, yeah, the mountain, you don't really see much without his helmet on. Yeah, so it's not... Anyways. <laughs> we actually, on, a, on another show, I do the intellectual radio program with a couple of friends of mine. We we tried doing sort of a Game of Thrones. We'd all watched and we start. We thought we'd start at the beginning and watch, you know. Mm-hmm. But it just kind of fell apart because we, since we'd all talked about or watched it once and there's already other new shows coming out that we were watching to fit it in, we just kind of long. I, I was actually the guilty party, the most guilty of, of failing to watch episodes in time to talk oh, about yeah. it. Because so. it's, it's tough. Uh, uh, it's something that I'm sure folks have thought about doing podcasts on as a TV show. And uh, we can sort of get into maybe how you prepare for recording a, a discussion about a show because it's not just a fluffy like you're like I said you're you know going deep into storyline and and discussion of course there's the book to sort of draw on if you want to and things mm-hmm. like that which you've read and um, so how when you're watching the show are you taking notes or are you just really good at remembering details that you want to talk about later on the show on the podcast. When I was, when we first started the winter's coming segment on the Citadel Cafe, uh, way back, uh, it was when season two is coming, we decided to go back and watch season one ahead of time. So 10 weeks leading up to season two, we watched season one and went blow by blow. So that was my second viewing, maybe even my third. Uh, so that was a little bit easier. Um, with the new season two at the time, we, I was taking notes. Like I would sit down and watch and take notes, um, mainly because my two co-hosts at the time, they would contribute, but they weren't, they didn't really take notes or they, they knew that I would, or they knew that someone would. And then we could just all, kind of all go off of, um, the same sort of details, uh, and then take, you know, little jaunts left and right, depending on who's, who had what opinion. Um, Right now, I just go by memory because uh, I found that early on uh, that season two and even some of the season three with with Game of Thrones, um, when we were talking about it on the Citadel Cafe, it would get a little bit too blow by blow and it wouldn't necessarily be important. Um, so, for example, like even just last night, um, I won't I won't mention any spoilers, of course, but uh, when when my my co-host, a uh, guest, Ryan Murphy and I were talking about the show, I had remembered a bunch of different points um but we didn't talk about all of them like we we focused on a couple of things that really grabbed us and some of the less important things like you know checking in with this character for five minutes to see where they are what they're doing where they're going next uh we didn't really talk about very much it i don't even know if it got mentioned uh and so right now um we watch the show anyway uh, my girlfriend joss and i really enjoy our monday night game of thrones date and uh, we catch up on the show. So it's pretty fresh. You know, like I've got a, a, a day or two, you know, between that and the live show on Wednesday night on Citadel Cafe. So I just kind of throw some notes in the doc on Tuesday morning. It's kind of if I need something that's like if I can, I'm forgetting a character name or if I'm forgetting a place or a plot point. Um, Wikipedia, there's a Game of Thrones Wikipedia, which is great. Once you've seen the episode, you can go up and all the characters' names are linked. So if you don't remember whose son that is or where they're from, you can just kind of like quickly get a, a bearing on on what's happening. Um, I've read the books. So um, we don't spoil any of the book content on uh, the Citadel Cafe. We stick strictly to the HBO show. But because I have read the books, the show is just kind of reinforcing stuff I already know. So it, again, it comes a little bit easier to me without having to write everything down while I'm watching. Right, and that's uh, um, certainly something I know. We, like I said, when I when we tried doing it, because it seems like I guess in podcasting, and I'm sure it comes naturally and much easier for some folks than others, obviously. But um, it seems like it would be an easy thing, like a show that you love, talk about it with your friends or podcast co-hosts or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably their friends <laughs> uh, yeah. if they're on your show. Um, but it is a lot. It's harder than it sounds, I guess, uh, for for folks maybe to do and and uh and it's worth i guess for anybody who's listening to this who's exploring the idea of podcasting and maybe thinking of jumping off of that um it's certainly worth doing a few pilot episodes of of your own podcast in the same manner that tv shows have pilots i guess 
to sort of experiment with that because it's one thing to sit around in a pub or uh, and just you know you talk about a show for 15 minutes and you can't believe that so and so got killed and what happened there and that kind yeah. of thing. but to actually have a a coherent good you know 30 to 45 minute discussion on a show that someone else is going to want to listen to um is it's not as easy as it sounds i guess so yeah i think the key there is um for me having at least one or two guest hosts or co-hosts on the Citadel Cafe when we do Game of Thrones talk uh, is key. Uh, and usually, <clears throat> excuse me, what happens is, uh, you know, there's myself who's read the books. There's another guest who's only watched the TV show uh, and then uh, and is not familiar with anything else. Uh, and then sometimes we even have somebody that's not only just watching the TV show, but has only just started you know, and has just caught up. Like in the last couple of months, they've watched seasons one, two, and three, and now they're on four, you know, live with everybody else. And they're just completely new to, to everything. So by mixing it up with the, the people that are on the show with you, you can kind of get some more, um, I guess, length out of a, a, what is essentially an hour long, you know, episode that you have to talk about for, you know, between 30 and, and 60 minutes. Uh, I, with the Citadel Cafe, for our regular content, we don't focus on any one particular show. And we don't even really focus on genre. We focus on whatever we're talking about. So what I like about the Citadel Cafe is that there's no real homework. It's just, what have you been spending your week watching? Like, what did you gravitate towards this past week? I mean, maybe it was Clone Wars on Netflix. Maybe it was a video game. Uh, we're not really a gaming podcast, but, you know, we talk about them sometimes. Um, but then, you know, is it a new mystery show that you're catching? Maybe it's a YouTube series. And so by not really requiring anybody to go out and watch something new, um, we just kind of talk about whatever people have been into. And sometimes when, you know, as life gets busy, YouTube videos and small uh, bite-sized content is all people have time for. So it, it creates a nice kind of um, variety, I guess, on the show. Yeah. And do you have uh, your your up to 106 episodes on the show. So in case it's not obvious to folks who are listening, I haven't listened to all 106. <laughs> it's a lot of content. Yeah. That's the, I've said before on the show. You can skip the first 20. <laughs> it's, uh, they get better. It's a little harder to do research on this when it's, especially, you know, established podcasters who have. <laughs> oh yeah. Geez. In, you know, in your case. And, and I, as much as I love to listen to podcasts, it's hard to listen to everything, obviously. But, mm-hmm. um, and do you have, um, You've had consistent sort of co-hosts and then, you know, random guests thrown in and is yeah. that sort of how you've run it? Yeah. So the, the whole thing started off with um, my two best friends, um, Peyton and Chad. And uh, Chad had moved to Quebec with his now wife, uh, Julie. Uh, and Peyton uh, and uh, his wife, Lee, have a young son, Ewan. So I saw these guys far less often than... I had previous years because of just distance and time constraints. You know, so we weren't meeting at a pub and hanging out and doing the normal things that we would do. So I thought, let's just get together and just do what we would normally do here in the city, but just record it for fun. Because I've, I've enjoyed podcasting for a while and I thought it would be a great opportunity. And that kept up for quite a while until Chad and Julie decided to multiply. <laughs> and then he got really busy. Yeah. And then Peyton, I don't know, he decided to direct a short film. I mean, I selfish son of a bitch. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and um, so he didn't have any more time. And, and of course, I'm kidding. Um, 54 Hours is a, a short film with the National Film Board that Peyton has just finished, uh, finished co-directing. And uh, it's available on the NFB website for anybody that's interested. So the last, uh, I want to say, year, I guess, um, I've been scheduling new guests pretty much every week on on the Citadel Cafe, which is not, it, it's added more work to the show because previously it was very simple. You know, like you watch what you want, when you want, you show up with two guys you know are going to be there and you just kind of sit down and record for an hour. And uh, it, it was it was really, um, it was really breezy, you know, for the first little while. Um, my issue is that I just, it's difficult sometimes to remember to schedule new guests every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially cause it's such a casual show. Like it still has that casual place in my head. Um, but, uh, right now, um, I'm lucky to have quite a few, um, well-spoken podcasting friends, uh, Ryan Murphy, uh, Lou Page, uh, Bill Meeks. Um, my girlfriend Jocelyn comes on from time to time. Um, uh, Mike O'Day is a, a local Halifax guy that that's been on the show. Uh, Molly Springer, uh, she's actually um, been a, a, a listener and, and a fan of the show for quite some time. So it's a real treat to be able to bring her on when she's available. So we've got a, a small kind of rotating chair on the Citadel Cafe, which is nice. Yeah, actually, I, I, 
was sort of scrolling through your past tweets about the show and stuff, and I saw R. Murphy as mentioned, like the Twitter account, and being Canadian and CBC listener, for some reason I assumed, and knowing that you were from the East Coast, I was like, R. Murphy, Rex Murphy was on here. <laughs> <Then I clicked laughs> no, no, no. Uh, no Ryan show, is um, Ryan's Jocelyn's <laughs> co-host on uh, this on um, not the Citadel Cafe. That's my show, um, <laughs> The Gamers In, which is a gaming show that Jocelyn does on AMove.tv every Friday night with Ryan. Um, and they are up in the hundreds as well. I think they're on episode one, one fifty maybe. I right. Know, I, I think that you had sent me a whole list of different, because I'm, I'm always on the hunt for new guests. I think mm-hmm. that was probably yeah. one of the shows you mentioned too. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I definitely, I definitely would have tooted the, yeah. the, the horn of the, the <laughs> podcast that, that Jocelyn is on for sure. So for folks who are listening, uh, just in case you're not aware, um, as we're discussing the stuff, you can find links to the topics and the things that we're talking about at goodstuff.fm slash SMYM for show me your mic slash 41. That'll be where the episodes are. If you're tuning in live as we're recording, uh, which uh, we record, I don't always record this show live, but I sometimes decided the last minute, like today, to do it. Um, you can go visit that link, goodstuff.fm slash SMYM slash 41, and you'll see the links as we throw them in there as well, so you can find them and uh, watch along or, or listen along or read along, I guess. Hopefully you don't listen to another show while you're listening, but if you're <laughs> capable... I, I've never been able to do that. No. <laughs> I had yours, you know, when I was listening to yours, and then I clicked you know another podcast link and started playing. I was like, what am I doing? Um, yeah, and so what's the the process of, of having sort of a rotating chair, which I, I've often thought about doing for a different show, but do you what? how do you uh, solicit, or whatever the word <laughs> gets... Uh, do you say like, okay, we're recording on Wednesday and we need someone who, who can fill in or do you sort of go like, well, this person would be good. I'll start with them and then sort of go down the list. I honestly, I usually go with who I know is, is often available and likes coming on the show. Um, Ryan and Lou both are, have their own podcasting schedules, but, um, they tend to be available on Wednesday nights when I need them. Uh, and, um, often it's just a tweet. It's just a DM to a friend saying like, Hey, what are you doing tomorrow night? Are you free? Um, because Peyton has not been on the show on a regular basis, I've often sent out a couple of tweets to different people, knowing that if both people reply yes, I'm still okay, because three tends to be okay on the show. Um, but then if only one person gets back to me, then I know at least I have one, mm-hmm. one person. Um, I, I, I've reached out to some other people before, and, and sometimes it's worked, sometimes it hasn't. Um, like fans and, and other podcasters. And sometimes, you know, like I'll just feel like, yeah, sure. Come on on the show. Having never heard of their shows before or, or listened. And I mean, sometimes that has worked out. Sometimes it hasn't. Yeah. Um, but it's, um, it's a good experience, I guess, to just kind of, um, throw it out there. Like, I mean, I, I've gone so far as to just kind of like with the, the Citadel Cafe Twitter or my own, just be like, Hey, who wants to come on the show, you know, Wednesday night. And really, I mean, listener, I, I didn't really, it didn't really matter to me. And I've, I mean, that's how I think we met. Uh, we were able to get Molly on the show is because she's just, you know, she was just like, Hey, yeah, sure. I'm free. I've listened to, you know, 75 of these. I think I got a handle on how it's done, you know? So, <laughs> so she came on the show and I mean, and she's a great podcaster, you know, it's just, uh, yeah. we, we were teasing her though. Cause she was really quiet. At first. And uh, it was the same thing that's happened to me on other shows when I've been brought on some larger frog pants shows is that you forget that you're on the show. You're just kind of you're so used to listening to these people in your earbuds once a week, you know, or sometimes more than that, uh, that you're like, oh, wait, I'm on the show with them. I should probably like interject or, you know, (laughs) they're going to ask me a question anytime soon. (laughs) I should probably be prepared for that. Yeah, totally. That's especially I think uh, uh, I know I've had that feeling, too, when I'm interviewing somebody who I just listen to so long you just kind of get like into their you hear their voice and it just puts you in podcast listening mode and so Mm -hmm, you just kind of tune out or not tune out but you know stop thinking of the next question you're you're going to ask them or whatever and away you go so um the uh the other show that you do is the you're involved with is comics coast to coast you mentioned the frog pants studios folks Mm -hmm. um and that's uh you're you're more of an interview show right is and talking through i guess tell me more about the show. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's and that's where most of my homework comes in for podcasting is mm-hmm. um, uh, we interview. Uh, we focus mainly on webcomic artists um, for um, for comics coast to coast. But lately, because the show's been around for almost two hundred episodes, uh, the um, the webcomics community we're starting to kind of round the horn, um, you know, to. Um, interview people that we've had on the show before. It's been a few years, so that's often. Not a not, not a bad thing, um, because it will um, enable them to bring new projects to light. 
Um, but lately, we've also branched out into interviewing illustrators, um, like children's books, uh, just kind of like general um, editorial illustrators. If the work kind of has the same appeal that we feel most of our uh, web comics, you know, have uh, interviews have displayed in the past. Uh, and that is um, Brian Dunaway, Matthew Ducharme and myself. We sit down with a guest and you know, we all have to kind of either comb through their web archive or look through their portfolio and come up some, with some questions and relevant, you know, ideas. Um, sometimes we'll interview people that have Kickstarters going on, and that's always a, a lot of fun. We just uh, interviewed a, an artist in Vancouver, actually, you know, another Canadian connection uh, named DaCosta. Uh, and uh, he did a Kickstarter that um, was, I, wanna, I don't remember how close he was, but he was within $1,000 of his, his end goal when we interviewed him. And then we put the podcast out and within a couple of days, uh, with four days left, he had finished his, his goal. So I don't know if, if the podcast directly had had an effect on that, but it was really nice to be able to just, you know, take his really cool project, which is an art book about robots uh, called March of Robots and, and talk about it at length. You know, he's, he's so passionate about robots. I mean, whether it's art related or whether it's like tech related, like he knew so much. Uh, and then we were able to, you know, put that out there. And 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 have you know our listeners be aware of his project if they weren't already, and then possibly go back him. So we like to kind of search for you know web comics artists, but then also like art art related Kickstarter stuff because we find that like when it's an illustrator doing a project, it's a great time to usually have them on because it kind of helps them give a get a little bit of a push. Yeah, and so as far as the research that you're doing for the show, you you'd mentioned off air before you recorded doing sort of producer um, scheduling role. Yeah, but how how does that work with uh, with the three of you? Uh, I'm assuming uh, like you're you're all sort of involved in the process. Is somebody are you doing like the Google Doc thing and sort of dumping questions in for each other, or how does the show prep go? Yeah, um, well, the show prep starts with a scheduling doc, and that is just simply um, two tabs. One of them is people that have said yes, and we have a date. Uh, the other half, the other tab is the wish list, and that just includes um, probably the, a lot of the same people, uh, along with say the date they've been contacted and whether we've had them on or not before uh, the show before, uh, and then um, links to their uh, Twitter website and their email. Um, there is only one person at any given time um, sending out emails asking people to be on the show. Uh, once upon a time it was, uh, Jocelyn, my girlfriend, and, uh, she was doing an amazing job, but she just got so busy with her day job that we had to, um, kind of take that on ourselves. Uh, she, she was just, it was just too much, um, to do because just, it's a lot of juggling. It's a lot of emails and, and stuff back and forth. Uh, where I work from home, it was a lot easier for me to kind of take that on. Uh, so now I am the one that is emailing new guests. Uh, if Matt or Brian have um, uh, a guest in mind, what they'll often do is is send me an email with a link in it and say, hey, really like this guy's stuff. Let's see if we can have him on the show. Because I've got a form email that I that I send out. Um, I personalize it with a little bit at the top. But the rest of it is just information, dates, you know, how to get in touch with us. If they want to be on the show, here's what they need to know, that sort of stuff. Um, just to kind of save myself, myself um, from typing it out all the time. Um, once we have a, an artist booked on the show, uh, it's just a matter of, you know, reading through their archives or looking over their work. And then there's a show notes document. Uh, Brian prefers um, spreadsheet documents for Google Docs. Um, for the Citadel Cafe, I actually use uh, just a Word doc um, just because I find we're, we're wordy on that show. So it's a lot easier to type <laughs> and edit, I find. Yeah. Um, and then, um, but with just one-off questions, uh, Brian and, and I have come up with a template in, in a Google Doc spreadsheet that works very well um, for us. And uh, it also allows us um, very easily when we're on the show, because myself, Matt, and Brian are all in the doc, we all have different um, box highlights. I'm not sure if you've ever done that before where you've been in a doc with somebody. Yeah. So, you know, we've got a list of questions. They're generally segmented into like, you know, tools of the trade, uh, a little bit of background on the artist and then something specific, like maybe they work with an agency or maybe they have a Kickstarter. And so there'll be questions about different things, but depending on how the interview is going, we don't always ask every question and we don't always stick directly to the order that they're in. So what'll happen is one of the producers, as they're listening to the answer from the guest will highlight, you know, Oh, this is another, this is a relevant question. We can build on this. He just mentioned the Kickstarter or he just mentioned, you know, 
Boston Dynamics or some other kind of, you know, robot facility, we should ask him another question about his research or something like that, just so that the show kind of has a flow and we don't always have to put the brakes on to say, all right, well, thanks for answering the question about the Kickstarter. Let's talk about your process now and just kind of try to keep it a little bit more of a casual flow. Um, We also find that um, it's easier on guests that way. Uh, Because sometimes, especially when you're interviewing artists, uh, web comics, I find uh, specifically, people can be a little shy. Um, Not everybody, but but some people can be a little bit shy about talking about their work. So if you keep it really casual, they don't really feel like they're getting grilled, then you get more natural answers, I find. Yeah. Are you... um you're sort of you're within the doc, just going back to the Google Doc for a second, because it's an interesting idea. I hadn't thought of using a spreadsheet idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it wouldn't work for everybody necessarily, but um, just having questions in there. Are you sort of like marking them off or, or doing some sort of delete or strike through or color? Strike through. Or, yeah, yeah, we actually use strike through. Yeah. Um, sometimes if it's just a, a, a hint, then, you know, myself or Matt or O'Brien will hover their cursor over the next question and it'll put like an orange box or green box around it. Um, and, and one of us will notice, uh, vice versa. Sometimes if it's really important, someone will actually like turn the box yellow. Like they'll highlight the specific cell and say, this is definitely the question that has to get asked next. Uh, and then what's the other thing that, um, that tends to, oh, the, um, the spread next to the question, there's two columns. There's a really wide column with the question in it. And then right next to that is the person's name that came up with the question. So. Brian knows who to throw it to, you know, I mean, if the next question is about a Kickstarter and I'm the one asking, Brian generally won't ask the question. He'll just kind of let it go silent and then I'll jump in with the question. Um, that way you're not fighting for who's going to ask the next question. Yeah. That's really interesting, actually. I, uh, I've often thought, like, just going back to what you had said earlier as far as scheduling co-hosts and it's always kind of like a struggle, just uh, not not like a... It's a first world struggle, I guess, but it's mm-hmm. always a, you know, just uh, when, if someone else isn't as interested in doing it or whatever. And so it's nice to have backups. But then, yeah, if you don't have that, that chemistry with a co-host, especially in an interview show, it's so hard to, you'll just end up fighting over each other. And no, you go first. No, go ahead. And then that creates either editing or just extra audio that's kind of annoying. And um, But yeah, I hadn't thought of doing something along those lines uh, for, for an interview show or just a discussion show, I guess, too, for that matter. Um, yeah, I know of some some tech podcasts that I listen to that are new shows, and they use spreadsheets as opposed to Word docs because they it find they find it keeps it more organized. Yeah, I find well that's what went on. Going back to what I said earlier with the intellectual radio program that I do, it's there's the three of us, and we've sort of I guess probably devolved or evolved, I guess depending on how you look at it, to more of just <laughs> we're just going to talk, and we're not even going to really worry so much about show notes or link or um a lot of prep, mm-hmm. but. Uh, but yeah, I could see it I, in other times when I've done those kind of discussion shows, you do kind of, especially when, like when we were doing the Game of Thrones thing even, I could see you're kind of just like jumping all over the place because you don't really have a, in a word doc, there isn't, if someone jumps down, then you kind of forget what you've talked about and, and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So interesting idea. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing um, with the Citadel Cafe, with the word doc. I mean, part of the battle there is my show notes for links that I post on, on the blog post along with the episode are, are done at showtime. Like the links are all live in the doc. So I don't really have to go look up stuff, try to remember what article I was looking at. Everything's just linked from the Google doc. So I can just copy the links, paste them in the WordPress um, blog post and done. Yeah. Which, yeah, for anybody who's done show notes for podcasting, it's, uh, it's nice to <laughs> make that process yeah. as quick as possible. Especially because I find, I don't know about you, but when I'm done recording the show, and I, all, like, I do enjoy the audio and the editing and stuff, but then posting it, it's kind of like the, that's the last sort of 10%, and it just feels like it's the 90% sometimes where you're just like, okay, I want to just get this done and get it out because I want people mm-hmm. to hear it. And But you're sort of editing notes that you forgot to be careful about while you're recording. And yeah, so do you go back and listen to the shows afterwards that you, say on that particular one, for example, on the, on the comics uh, interview discussion co- comics coast to coast do you go back and listen to the episode before posting or is it more like whatever I don't know um, if it's rough or if it's called efficient well <laughs> Brian handles all of the audio production on comics coast to coast uh, mm-hmm. I don't think that he listens back I know that he and I have the same similar process which is something I think we both picked up from frog pants which is just a live to hard drive sort of mentality so mm-hmm. we, we record um, both shows are, are just 
they're done live, unless something horrible happens that's going to be really hard on the listener, uh, we don't really edit anything out. Um, I, I remember uh, recently uh, Jez Tuya, an illustrator on Comics Coast to Coast, uh, mentioned a project he then thought, mm, I probably shouldn't have said that on the air. So we went in and we just kind of snipped that little part out. And it's it's seamless. Like, I mean, you'd never know that he, he mentioned something that he shouldn't have. Um, but that's really the only occasion that we go back and listen. Um, I listen to shows on Comics Coast to Coast when I can't make it. Like if I miss an interview, um, I'll go back and listen to Brian and Matt uh, talk to someone. Um, but uh, I've been doing it for a while, so I, I don't tend to need to go back and listen to Comics Coast to Coast. Uh, every once in a while... If it's a really good interview, like we interviewed um, a comic hero of mine, Dave Kellett, um, last year. And that was a fun podcast to go back and listen to because you're kind of disjointed when you're in there yourself. You know, you're you're interviewing someone who you really admire and you're asking the questions, but you're not necessarily really taking in the answers. You're you're listening to them as a way to propel the podcast forward and ask more questions, but you're not really kind of soaking in the wisdom sort of thing. So that was a, a one that I did go back and listen to. Uh, the Sigil Cafe, absolutely not. I, I don't often <laughs> listen back. It, only every like, you know, 10 or 20 episodes just to kind of check the audio quality. I mean, I don't hear any complaints from people, but I'm picky about that kind of stuff. And I want to make sure that I'm not, you know, things aren't spiking or I'm not too low and, and all that kind of crap so um no i just uh, the citadel cafe i listened to the first few minutes and the last few minutes um because i i bookend the episode with uh, an ad uh at some intro music uh and then there's a little bit of audio that gets recorded before and after the show and often it's just kind of like banter with friends and some funny stuff and some bloopers or whatever and i like to edit that into the end of the show but that doesn't take very long because it's 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 maybe a minute not even 30 seconds of content at the end where people say a couple of funny words or make a funny noise. And it just kind of happens after the credits. And that's, that's the extent of the editing. Uh, the bottom like for me actually on, on the Citadel cafe is um, the show art, which I really enjoy doing, but often I get wrapped up in it and it ends up taking, you know, an hour to an hour and a half when I'm supposed to only spend like 30 to 60 minutes max um, doing it. And uh, I used to have a, a better system where I'd be exporting the audio from, um, GarageBand. And while I'm waiting for the export, which took a good 15, 20 minutes, I would start work on the show art, you know, to post on the blog. Right. But now with the Citadel Cafe, uh, thanks to my friend Adam Christensen from uh, MacCast, he showed me how to do the enhanced podcasts. So I export M4As now with the artwork included. Oh. So if you're listening <laughs> on, a, on, a, on something like Downcast or an Apple TV, you get a really nice big picture of my, you know, HD show art. Um, so I have to do that first. <laughs> right. Uh, so now what happens is as I'm listening to that uh, um, extra content, like the, the, the bookends of, of the episode, um, I'm usually kind of listening to that, waiting to see if there's anything funny over, you know, five or 10 minutes and then working on the, on the show art at that time. But uh, yeah, the bottleneck for me uh, in terms of the posting is, is prepping everything that kind of goes along with it. If I was just doing the audio podcast, there was no notes and there was no um, show art to go along with it. Like if it was just the regular album art for the show with a number on it, like, geez, it wouldn't take me very long at all. 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. That's something actually we, uh, this show recently moved, <clears throat> excuse me, moved from a personal podcast site. And then we, uh, some friends and I launched goodstuff.fm and we decided to sort of slim down the, the post page, I guess, um, where, cause I used to always do similar idea of having some sort of show art at the top of the page, the actual website itself. And this show is typically is, you know, it's just the guest photo or whatever. Um, and, uh, so I haven't gone back to doing it. We have the capability. I haven't gone back to doing that on good stuff now. Um, but, uh, it's certainly, I haven't missed that. I enjoy doing it, but I haven't missed that extra time taken to find proper artwork, make sure it's sized. Okay. And gets resized properly as you upload and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, mm-hmm. but I noticed that on, on Citadel is, you know, it's nice, uh, definitely nice artwork and appropriate photo or whatever for the the discussion too, which thanks. Yeah. I mean, I, I find it fun. It's a, it's a little bit of a graphic design challenge. I mean, like I'm, I'm a professional artist. I do mostly cartoon and illustration work, but, um, I do enjoy, um, some graphic design uh, here and there. And, um, it's just a fun way to kind of exercise that muscle. Um, because I don't often get, uh, graphic design contracts. Uh, it's, it's, it's something you get out of practice with. Right. So I like to kind of, um, go in there and it's kind of an exercise in just composition, color harmony and and some fun topic stuff like I, I like to have some fun with them yeah all right well i'm going to come back to your gear and we'll get into that discussion of you know how you're recording and stuff but i just want to take a quick break for 
speaking of sponsors and things you'd mentioned there, uh, to thank our sponsor for this episode of Show Me Your Mic, which is Campaign Monitor. And uh, Campaign Monitor makes it fun, easy, and beautiful to send email newsletters, email campaigns. You can try your hand at their template builder and have a responsive email template ready in 60 seconds. Campaign Monitor also lets you offer their services to your clients at your prices. So if you need help creating better emails, Campaign Monitor has also just released a free ebook with their top 100 email campaigns of 2013 to help you be inspired and uh, and get creative with your next email newsletter that you might be sending out. We use Campaign Monitor at uh, Good Stuff for our newsletter, which you can sign up for at goodstuff.fm slash newsletter. Send out, I'm the one who writes that, and I send out attempting to be funny and fun <laughs> newsletters. Um, <laughs> so a huge thanks to our launch partner, Spartner is what we've been calling them. I think we can, we're now a month into our second month, so maybe we're done our launch now. We, we can't keep flogging that one maybe, but so we'll, we'll use it for a little while longer. Anyways, thanks to Campaign Monitor for supporting Good Stuff and Show Me Your Mic. Very much appreciated and enjoyed as well as a service. So um, the gear that you're using, you had mentioned sort of slimming down. I think that was maybe before we started recording because I was having problems with all the extra gear that I have. So what are you, what are you using these days to record and uh, uh, starting, I guess, microphones and sort of working your way out from there? What's Sure. Um, I use a blue microphone Yeti. It's a USB condenser mic. Um, when I first started podcasting, I was doing a show called the Dating Digital Podcast, and I needed something that I could use with two people in the same room. And the multiple modes on the Yeti worked out well. And then when I was guesting on other shows, I could always do just the solo um, condenser mode. So that is what I have been using for, geez, I want to say four years. Uh, hasn't quit on me yet. Uh, I really like the quality. Um, it's got a, you know, it's easy to use, uh, great mute button right in the front of it. Um, I have a, it's a, it's a pop filter. That's just kind of a makeshift attached to a, a couple of boxes to get the, the mic up, uh, off the desk for me. Uh, I am eventually going to pick up a mic arm, um, which I'm very much looking forward to because I, I kind of have to deconstruct every time I oh, podcast, yeah. I, you know, put yeah. the mic in front of me, build up the, the stand and then tear it all down. Um, I'm recording on a 2009 13-inch MacBook Pro. It's the first um, aluminum, aluminum unibody of that uh, that line. Uh, I record uh, with uh, Audio Hijack Pro. Uh, everything's done via Skype. And uh, then I just do all of my editing in GarageBand. Uh, oh, and, and the live stream, actually. Um, I used to have this whole giant... Um, set up for like flash media live encoder and Justin TV and all this kind of crazy stuff because I, I do video art casts when I'm drawing sometimes. So I was using the same sort of setup, um, which was too much for uh, my podcasts. Uh, and for the Citadel cafe now, uh, we are carried by alpha geek radio at alpha geek And they do our live, uh, audio stream, which allows mobile listeners to listen live as well. Cause often, Places like uh, Twitch and Justin TV are problematic for mobile um, folks. Um, so now with the Alpha Geek, not only is it mobile accessible, but it's also uh, much less of a delay between us and the live chat room when we're on the show. So uh, I use a small broadcasting software called But. I think it's Broadcast Utility <laughs> Tech Tool. Uh, someone had a sense of humor when they when they <laughs> named that. Um, it's a little it's a little touchy, um, but um, uh, Todd Whitehead, who is um, the guy that owns Alpha Geek Radio, uh, he is very helpful and has walked me through you know the setup for it. Um, excuse me. So that's it. You know, like I, I turn on the live tool, uh, make sure I'm broadcasting on Alpha Geek, uh, and then I hit record on um, uh, Audio Hijack, and that. Audio Hijack handles both my local recording as well as the second stream out to Alpha Geek. Interesting. I hadn't. That's a that's a new one to me. I I know I've any podcaster who's done any amount of like research into live streaming and you know dreamed about all that kind of stuff. I'm sure has scoured the web for tips and tricks. And that's the first time I've ever come across. But I can, well, yeah. yeah. And and I and I don't know. Want, I don't know the back end on Alpha Geek. Like I I really have no idea. Um, but you can go to alphageekradio.com and look through some of the, um, uh, not references, what's the word, um, resources that Todd has made available. Uh, he's also now hosting new web um, podcasts. So if you're interested in getting into podcasting and you want to do a live stream, 
then uh, I mean, definitely stop by alphageekradio.com because there's lots of information there in order to, you know, kind of get you off your feet and get you rolling. Um, for me, it's just, it's, uh, I think I just had prior knowledge of doing the art cast stuff via Justin TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's kind of where I, I branched off from. Yeah. So I never would have come across the butt software thing on my own. That that's that's the first time I've ever heard of it. I think it's something that uh, Todd uses specifically for his server setup, and it's probably just because he has more of a secure control over it. Yeah, that's I would, I I don't know Todd, but I would assume you know, geek server geeks tend to be fairly uh, control or want control. I won't say controlling, yeah. but why? yeah, and <laughs> he, and he's and he's IT like that's what he does professionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah and that's fair. That's uh, um. No, we use uh, with good stuff here. We use NiceCast, which is a isn't a free app, but it's a it looks like basically, <clears throat> excuse me, a nicer GUI, nicer interface. <clears throat> excuse me, but uh, sim- basically that same idea. It takes audio from your computer, s- sends it out to a, an IceCast or a uh, what's the other one? NiceCast. I can't remember. Anyways, too many castings, but um, server and similar idea. That but yeah, a million different ways on the web to get the same thing out mm-hmm. to folks so uh is that uh, i'm not that familiar with alpha geek i know uh previous guests had mentioned i think it once but i is it a, similar to like it's a podcast network of sorts uh a community I, th- or? I think it's a po- it's certainly a podcast community i don't know if he would necessarily call himself a network um right. because he pulls from so many other networks uh the service that he's providing is basically uh, an opportunity for people to have a very simple uh low uh latency mobile stream right so i know that most if not all of frog pants studios podcasts do their live stream through uh alpha geek uh i'm pretty sure a good chunk if not all of the amove.tv podcasts that i listen to do their live shows through alpha geek um they also go through twitch as well uh if they're doing like a because a lot of the um amove tv stuff has a video component as well Hmm. Um, but yeah, the, if I, as far as I know, um, it's, it's mostly kind of a, a streaming community, uh, as opposed to like a, a set group of shows. Um, as far as I know, I, I yeah. haven't really checked it out in a while. <laughs> no, it's interesting. That's the, it's just an, a different approach that is, uh, you know, there's the twit.tv and say five by five dot TV mm-hmm. and I guess our good stuff's model of like, you know, all the shows come here and their stream here and they're. They might have a standalone one, like sort of poster board kind of website. Like there's a show called Web Friends that we we work with, um, or that's on our network that has a website that also replicates the, the episode posts. But mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes, everything kind of comes to this one hub. Whereas things like Frog Pants and say, I guess Alpha Geek and, and of sorts are kind of you know using different things all over the place, which I think helps probably in terms of you know someone might come to Alpha Geek and be attracted to that site and not to good stuff and someone might come to frog pants and yeah anyways just kind of an interesting model that uh is just different yeah. and it's a nice way to cross pollinate too i mean like yeah. if you're you know i mean there, there's a, quite a few um world of warcraft podcasts in and around the the frog pants community uh as well as you know some some um a move and and frog pants uh, stuff that focuses on blizzard content as well um but you know, when you've got someone coming into Alpha Geek Radio, you can't help but notice like, oh, there's the schedule. Uh, there's the other shows that are on the network. Uh, you know, I'm at work. I can't, you know, I, depending on what sites are, are allowed through my work internet, you know, I, I might not be able to listen to the show that I want. Uh, but here's Alpha Geek that's offering a bunch of mobile stuff that I can totally listen to on my phone while I'm plugging away at work. And, you know, like you never know who's going to discover your, your show. Um, I feel that the Citadel Cafe has probably seen an uptick in uh, new listeners since we've moved to broadcasting live on, on Alpha Geek Radio. Yeah, interesting. Um, I just want to touch by, just going back to editing, so I'm jumping around here a bit, but uh, oh, the, go ahead. the uh, M4A, is that the file extension? I forget now, the, the advanced yes. file. Uh, so do you do a, a traditional MP3 st- download or stream or whatever as well as the m4a and sort of have, offer the two feeds or you just do, how do you uh, No, it was an mp3 for the longest time uh and then basically because i started using downcast as my personal um podcast listening cho- uh, i guess app uh, i noticed that when i was listening to the maccast that adam was posting screenshots of the articles he was talking about as well as links to them right from the downcast app 
Uh, and you didn't even have to leave the app. If you click the link, it would bring the article right up on my iPad. And I was like, oh, crap, I can like I can. What tech specs did he just mention again? And you just you click on the article and there it is. Uh, so as a way to kind of say, like, you know, most people are going to be downloading, you know, your podcast through an audio only device uh, or, or an audio only app. Um, but with things like Downcast and Instacast and other things taking off that do allow for the display of, you know, selected artwork when the phone is in lock mode or a screensaver sort of thing. I thought, well, I'm spending all this time on the artwork. I might as well try to, you know, include it. So I asked Adam how he had done it. And he was kind enough to send me a screencast video of how he puts together his M4A. And um, I couldn't get it to work for the longest time because, again, I didn't realize the difference between an enhanced audio feed and, and um, just a regular MP3. But what I was doing uh, was partly correct. I was using the podcast track in GarageBand as a template for my show. So I had just put down a long gray track and broken it up into music starts here, music ends here, start show audio here, make sure music volume is dipped by, you know, this particular point. And when you're using um, the GarageBand's uh, snap to marker feature, you could easily snap your new audio each week to the right locations and makes editing much, much faster. So I had already had the tracks and the sections of the show set up. All I had to do was just go down to the podcast uh, track editor in GarageBand and add the artwork and then add the links right there in the editor. And again, it was functionality I didn't realize GarageBand had because I'd never really looked into it. Uh, so once I, I knew it, it, it becomes quite easy. Like um, when, I, when I do the M4A, I just I, you know, add the right artwork when it's done. I add a link to the show notes right there. And uh, then I export it as an M4A and I, I put it up on the same feed. So if people um, are subscribing to an audio only, they still get the right audio. Uh, and then if they've got something like Downcast or Instacast, then they get the extra stuff too. Interesting. And that's, is that something, do you, have you upgraded the latest version of GarageBand? Because I'd heard sort of rumblings from people who, I don't use GarageBand myself, but from folks who said that they're kind of complaining about the podcast support in the latest version of GarageBand. But is uh, that- yeah, it doesn't exist. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, or it's, it's just so cumbersome that it's just a pain in the butt. I'm using GarageBand 6.0.5, which I believe is the last version that they had out okay. uh, before... Uh, the new version. Um, so I had, I got GarageBand when I bought the Mac and right up until they branched off. And I don't remember whether it was Mountain Lion or whether it was Mavericks where I could no longer get it for free as an upgrade. Because um, I, I, I bought it once. So despite getting it bundled with the Mac, I bought it once over the last five years. And I've been able to get it as a free upgrade right up until this most recent one. Um, where I, uh, I downloaded it. I do have the new GarageBand, uh, and that's good for making new recordings. Uh, like I did some voiceover work for uh, uh, an animated video that I, I did for a client uh, this year, and it, it, I, I enjoyed, you know, I tested out the new one, and it works just fine. Um, but for podcasting, it was, it was not quite ideal. So um, as a recommendation from, I believe it was Ryan Murphy, actually, he said, you know, heads up, uh, if you're going to upgrade to the new GarageBand, keep your old copy. Yeah. So I just made a, I made a folder in my apps uh, folder and put the old GarageBand in there. Uh, the um, icon on my dock takes me to the old version of GarageBand. So, so yeah, I, I still use the old one because that's the again it's it's the easiest thing. It it never ceases to amaze me, you know, how many hoops Apple makes you jump through to <laughs> record and provide a podcast to people when it's their kind of iTunes store and kind of their community that is generating these podcasts. And it is really hard yeah. <laughs> to record stream and make a podcast on a Mac. Like it just, I mean, there's lots of different software on, on PC. I mean, not that, I mean, I believe me, I, I hear it all the time when XSplit is, is not working right because Jocelyn does video for her shows. And I mean, like every once in a while, XSplit has a hissy fit and it causes her a lot of grief. So we I mean, no, no system is perfect, but I mean, that's one app that does everything. Oh, interesting. That's, you know, yeah, like it streams, only, it, yeah. it streams video and audio, it records. So, I mean, you can, you can have a local recording at the same time that you're sending something to Twitch uh, and then you're done, you know, and it, like I have to have, I mean, when I get into video podcasting or video uh, streaming, like I have got to have two, three apps open just to kind of get everything talking <laughs> to one another. And then, then you have to worry, did you open those in the right order? Because then one of them's not going to talk to your camera and it's just like, come on, Apple, <laughs> like get with it, you know? Yeah. Have you, 
is Wirecast something that's similar but just crazy expensive compared to XSplit that you mentioned? Uh, I'm trying to remember how much is Wirecast. It's like 500 bucks. At least. Yeah, that so would it's... be a no for me. <laughs> I know. Uh, it's a... <laughs> I'm you know, Nicecast is something that um, nice, nice, Nicecast is something that um, I think is made by the same people that make Audio Hijack Pro. Yes. Yeah. Rogamiba. Yeah. Those. Yeah. So I'm, I, I'm looking at a copy of Nicecast on my Mac right now. So I, apparently I have it. I just don't use it. Oh yeah. Um, I don't remember buying it though. So maybe I just have a trial. I can't really remember. It might've been in one bundle at some point of, you know, one of those yeah. bundles that you get along, but it right. does do, it just does audio. So it'd be similar to what you're doing with, but which right. is just a great Okay. So I, I don't necessarily but. need Nicecast. I think possibly, um, I was, I had Nicecast on my system before, Todd and Alpha Geek Radio made their switch as to how they do things. I'm, that might have been yeah. like that might have been how we were doing it way back when. Um, so because I the Citadel Cafe was on Alpha Geek Radio, and then there was a server change, and he was down for a little while. So when he came back up, I had to do I had to do the the, the butt software tool, <laughs> uh, which I, I know it's, it's so hard to say without giggling, right? You well, know? there's a I I don't think I've ever mentioned this show, but I know we talked about it on Terp uh, is the there's the whole there's a Chrome extension and whatever where you can change like in the cloud is the big you know buzzword these days and you can there's a Chrome extension where you can change any of that marketing copy on websites to in your butt and so <laughs> that's what makes me giggle twice is the, <laughs> that nice. uh, that idea very, very cool uh, yeah um, so sorry you were you're asking about the the software. Uh, yeah, where were we? Uh, Wirecast and, and streaming, I guess. You just, right. I am not familiar at all on the Windows side, and I have a friend who's doing some Windows. I often have a, a Windows-only podcaster on, because I think 99% mm. of the people I've talked to have, have been Mac-based unintentionally, but that's just the way it's worked out. But uh, Yeah, I'd have to look it up, but I think that XSplit is 100 bucks. Yeah. And, or it might be like a yearly subscription, because they constantly update. Like I mean, they're always getting new... New updates and stuff like that. So uh, that could be like a subscription thing. Um, I my I, I mean I try to keep it at costs as low as I could. I mean like with Soundflower being free slash included with uh, Audio Hijack Pro, uh, Audio Hijack Pro allows me to do all the all the things that I needed. And I think it was only thirty dollars at the time. It might be as much as fifty now, but I'm pretty sure it was just thirty bucks. Yeah, it's a really powerful app. The the, as I think I've mentioned before, for me, it was like, I think I had just, my brain doesn't work in software with it when it comes to audio. And so that's why I needed to be stupid and buy external gear. Plus I'm, I like knobs and dials. Well, but I mean, there's also advantages to having the external gear, right? I mean, like I, um, if I was ever to get to the point where I played bumpers or had uh, audio clips or things that I wanted my guests to hear when they're on Skype, uh, I can't do it. Right. Uh, I, uh, I could probably play stuff and have it be recorded um, into the track live for me on my end, but yeah, the, yeah. the guests wouldn't be able to hear when it's happening. Uh, I also have only one track. So when I'm done recording, myself and my guest or two guests for uh, the Citadel Cafe are all on one audio recording. It's not um, something where if a guest is low, I can then jack you know, the gain or, or, or try to mess around with things in GarageBand to try to make things a little bit more balanced. Uh, if there's an audio problem, then it's kind of it. And I've had some issues where there's been some, maybe not embarrassing, but there's just been some, you know, audio glitches or some things happen where I can't really edit it out because those things happened while one of the other podcasters on the show with me was making a point. Right. So, so there's no, there's yeah. no edit. There's no, there's no opportunity to edit it seamlessly. So you're just like, well, I, that's the live to hard drive part of it. People are just going to have to accept yeah. the fact that, you know, you know, somebody's dog was barking when Peyton was trying to make a point about his film and yeah. we'll call it just, you know, Life. amateur podcasting. It's yeah. <laughs> what it is. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, like that kind of stuff has been a little frustrating. Um, cause I, I would like, uh, at times, um, especially when you have new guests on, uh, that don't necessarily have podcasting equipment. Uh, they just want to pop on the show really briefly. Sometimes they're on like a, a headset for gaming and it's not always the greatest and mm -hmm. it could use more bass or it could use more whatever, but I can't always make those adjustments. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, uh, that's my built in, uh, whatever, um, that's what I'm looking for. The benefit, I guess, of interviewing other podcasters is that I don't have to do. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. By, by default, typically, anyways, they have decent gear to begin with. So, yeah. um, 
before we wrap up, my final question I asked folks, and I, I know you'd emailed me a list, so I can probably go over go off of that, but uh, I always ask folks what podcasts you're listening to these days and uh, and what app you listen to them on. You mentioned Downcast already, so we can check that off. But uh, what are, I don't know, five or whatever, uh, sounds like you have a lot of podcasts you might listen to, but five to ten, whatever your top few podcasts that you listen to are these sure. days. Um- I really enjoy A Move Radio, which is uh, very similar to the Sigil Cafe. Uh, Garrett Weinzerl, uh, Kyle Ferguson, and Ben Zweifel uh, are three friends on uh, amove.tv. They just get to get together and talk about whatever they've been into. And they, they're big gamers, so sometimes it's a lot of video game talk. Sometimes it's, you know, they went to go see Captain America or whatever. It's a pretty casual um, show as far as that goes but they're really geeky guys you know they like star wars they like all that kind of stuff so that's that's a really really good show um i am a casual hearthstone player uh jocelyn my girlfriend is uh one third of the angry chicken which is a, a hearthstone podcast uh and that again is garrett wanzerl on the amove.tv uh, network and um willie dills gregory from the instance uh and so they do uh the hearthstone show uh, I also listen to The Instance, uh, which is the the big frog pants show that I, I don't miss. Um, that's uh, World of Warcraft stuff. Uh, current hey, before you go, or, yeah. I just wanted to interrupt because I I've, I've tried playing Hearthstone. I really enjoy it. I don't have oh nice tons okay. of time to play it. But um, explain to me and maybe for folks so we don't have to go into the game too much. But mm-hmm. you know, it's your basic like a a card game with uh, sort of Warcraft packaging and mm-hmm. battles mm-hmm. and things with your cards. What's the podcast? What how do you do a podcast about that? Uh, they cover, uh, they start off about talking about what they've been doing in game. Okay. Uh, then they move on to news. So if there's, you know, for example, the iPad app um, is out in Canada and New Zealand and Australia. Uh, and it just the, came out in the States, I think is what I've Oh, is it just out in the States now too? Yeah. So yeah, so, um, so I mean, so it's coming out in the States or, or it is now. Uh, they've announced some new things coming out for the game. So they cover those kind of, of topics. Uh, then they move into a strategy section where they'll talk about just one small aspect of the game. Maybe it's, you know, taunt cards or maybe it's a specific hero class or something. And they just kind of delve into that and talk a little bit about it. Uh, they have another section called crazy game stories where, you know, listeners write in and say, oh my God, this happened to be this week. Like this was amazing or this was terrible <laughs> depending yeah. on what happens. Uh, and then they uh, have a listener email and they have a great community. So there's a lot of questions and content generated by people that have been either in the game since beta and have really, really, you know, in-depth questions or also brand new people, you know, that are just like, oh my God, like what the hell am I doing? How, how do I, how do I kill the other guy or how, you know, what the hell is a taunt card? And they, they, they can explain it, um, in very, uh, clear, clear terms because they kind of cover the gambit with, um, Dills being very into the, into the, the, the Hearthstone, um, community. I mean, this is the guy that falls ast- asleep at his computer streaming. Uh, wow. not, not kidding. <laughs> He's had it, <laughs> had, has had, uh, had it happen a couple of times, <laughs> which is quite, quite funny. Uh, and then, um, Garrett is kind of very into it, but you know, doesn't play quite that much and is not quite the stat- statistician that Dills is, uh, and then uh, Jocelyn, who is very much into the game, but is casual because she doesn't have a lot of time to play because she's got a day job and other things going on. Um, so um, I land in the casual side of it. So it's it's still a good show to listen to when you're a casual player. Sometimes my ears glaze over when Dills gets really technical about stuff because I'm not sitting and looking at the card he's talking about. But yeah. um, you can kind of take away a, a general knowledge of the game when you're when you're listening to it. Yeah, and that's I know. Maybe it sounded like I was mocking or whatever. I just am genuinely curious because, like I said, there's so many podcasts, it's impossible to listen to all of them. But just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, trying to th- obviously someone else might wonder how you could have a 30 or 40 some episode podcast just talking about podcasting, <laughs> which is a valid <laughs> question, too. Yeah. Uh, sorry. So I cut you off there at, at the instance. What was uh, oh, uh, the, the other the other two? Um, I, I really enjoy uh, Tom Merritt's Daily Tech News Show. Yeah, uh, and uh, it's just it's a perfect way to get your um, your daily tech news. It's like thirty to forty minutes. He always has a new person on every day. Uh, it's a daily show, which is incredible. Uh, and so he's he's doing really well with that. Uh, if you're into technology and and want a a fun, casual but very informed view of of technology, then I would check out uh, the Daily Tech News Show. Uh, Tom also does Current Geek with Scott Johnson on I believe it's Friday nights, and that is a hilarious just geek culture show. Uh, they have two other people join them every week. 
and they do everything from like nerdy quizzes to you know robots in the news and they i mean they kind of make stuff up as they go along it's it's really really fun uh and last but not least um is uh, another it's actually a canadian show uh guys with pencils um andrew murray and um oh gosh i'm forgetting the guy's name um adam hines uh do a uh it's it started off being very animation focused but it's animation and art related uh, and they interview people or they talk about what is happening in the industry right now. Um, one of them is very into, into indie games. So they talk about the indie game scene and they talk to a lot of uh, devel- development artists and viz dev people, um, animators, uh, comic artists. And, and they're just they're a fun uh, bunch of uh, guys and girls to, to talk to because sometimes they'll have their uh, wives or fiancés on the show as well uh, who are also into art, I believe. Um, so Guys with Pencils is a, is a great podcast to check out as well. Interesting. I see they use Tumblr. Um, yeah, I, I, thought, I thought that too. It was, it was very, very cool. You know, like, I mean, I started podcasting before Tumblr was really kind of on my radar, so I, I didn't go that route. Yeah, it's a, it's a great platform. Like, to me, it seems like it should be a natural fit. I feel like they're probably similar. Tumblr is similar in terms of not completely putting enough energy behind the idea of podcasting that people are a little scared to at least for me anyways, to to devote your platform to that. But it Mm. seems like such a natural fit for like building a community where people would share your show and like it. And you know, all that's the built in social stuff rather than having your standalone site that just kind of, you rely on other people to remember to, you know, share it on Twitter and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, and they have a great actually built in MP3 player into their posts that you can use. So Mm -hmm. um, I digress anyways. Um, and you mentioned you typically use Downcast these days for listening, which is a great iOS app. Any other apps that you use to listen to podcasts? Uh, no, most of the time it's it's just between um, it's just between Downcast, which is now on all of my devices. I picked it up on sale the other day for the desktop, uh, so I've got it on the Mac desktop. I've got it on um, my iPhone, and I've got it on my iPad. It syncs via iCloud across the whole thing, so I mean, you leave off at you know, 37 minutes and 40 seconds on the show. And then when you get home and you unplug and you want to listen to it on the Apple TV, you just, um, I don't have, uh, my Mac doesn't stream to the Apple TV, but my, um, my iPad will just via airplay. So a lot of times I'll be doing the dishes and I won't feel like having headphones in. So I'll just throw the podcast up on, on the Apple TV via downcast and it's great. Nice. And the syncing works good enough or well enough to. Yeah. The only time you might have some issues, it, um, it doesn't, like to have multiple copies of the app open at the same time for any length of time. So it's one thing to come home, you know, take your iPhone out of your pocket, pause the show, and then um, open the iPad and keep going. But if you left your iPad and iPhone open all day with Downcast constantly updating, sometimes it gets a little bit fussy as to remembering where you left off. Right. Yeah. Um, again, it's not a big deal. I mean, you pull your phone out of your pocket, you look at the time code and you just fast forward. But like it, I've, I've noticed that there are some issues uh, with that. Uh, and I, I can't remember whether, whether it was an official downcast forum post or something, but I do remember specifically reading somewhere saying, try not to have, you know, um, stuff open uh, at the same time. Because what happens is um, when you close down downcast, it sends some information to iCloud. So you don't, right. you don't have to have it open for it to sync. It just, when you close it, it'll say, all right, he's closed and he was in the middle of X. And then it'll just send that into iCloud. And then when you open uh, Downcast on, say, the iPad, it'll talk to iCloud and say, oh, hey, where was he? Yeah, right. He left off there. Right. Yeah. You know, and then off you go. As po- some other apps where the syncing is kind of like always happening, you sort of assume it would just be always there. But yeah, I, mean, this, I guess with, especially with listening to stuff, it would be hard to like. Okay, is he done now? No, is he done? No, he's not done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you don't and you don't necessarily want you know uh, an app doing that kind of stuff because I, I mean, for example, I'm on an older uh, iPhone four, and when hey, you, iPhone four users unite. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Still. But I mean, you probably notice this too, especially with iOS seven point two. Like when you're out there, uh, and you're um, if anything on your phone is constantly searching for a connection, your battery is just gone. Yeah. yeah. You know, so <laughs> it, with, with downcast, I just like, you know what, why if I only just, you know, unless I'm in range, I don't care. Um, and I mean, every once in a while I'll download a show, but for the most part, it's, it's, it's a, 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 a Wi-Fi app for me. Yeah. So, and my iPad is Wi-Fi only, so that doesn't matter. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I will, uh, we'll check all that out. Like I said, if you're, 
Um, listening to this after the fact, there's a lot of different links and stuff that we talked about in all the podcasts that Joel mentioned. You can find those at goodstuff.fm slash smym slash 41. So thanks, Joel, for coming on. Show me your mic. And, hey, you're uh, welcome, Chris. Thanks for having me. Yeah, be sure to check out his, we didn't really even touch on it because I guess it's not strictly podcasting or whatever, but uh, his comic, Starcraft, Starcraft, crossed online i have starcraft on the brain right now <laughs> uh starcraft let's try this again starcrossedonline.com your weekly comic and uh yeah all the other stuff any other links of mention i guess what's your twitter and yeah well, i mean the the two easiest ways to find out what i'm doing is uh to follow me on twitter at joel duggan and to head on over to joelduggan.com and that is where you will find links to the comic when it's up the new podcasts when they're up um, I post links to Comics Coast to Coast there as well, uh, along with, you know, news articles, upcoming personal appearances, all that kind of stuff happens at joeltuggin.com. And uh, if you like the comic, I'm on Patreon. And uh, again, it's patreon.com slash joeltuggin. Really easy to find. And uh, so I'm adopting that value for value model. If you enjoy the comic and are interested in helping support me and uh, help me make more comics, then uh, check out the site and let me know what you think. Cool. Yeah, that's another service I we should have touched base on maybe for the next time. We'll Sure. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, folks, for listening. My thanks to Campaign Monitor, of course, for supporting good stuff and show me your mic. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Okay, wait, I I forgot to mention, if you would like to support good stuff where you are doing a T-shirt drive, a T-shirt launch special, we're selling a T-shirt. If you visit teespring.com slash goodstuff underscore FM, you can pick up one of our hot T-shirts with our awesome logo on it. Support the show, support the network, and not have to wash or do laundry for another day or two or three, depending on how long you wear shirts. So teespring.com slash goodstuff underscore FM. See ya.